At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. I walk a straight line, shackled and chained. Oh, gruesome Gertie is calling my name. There is no mercy in this penitentiary. Just ask the Hill String Gang, Wrangle Three. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Bloody Angola, a prison podcast, 142 years in the making. The complete story of America's bloodiest prison. And I'm Jim Chapman. And I'm Woody Overton. And we're back again just for the Chase Team members, first ever Chase Team member episode. So y'all, if you're listening to this, you know we love you in- 100% we love you. Support, and this can be the first of many- that you get, we hope to do at least one a month. That's right, um, and we're going to lock these up in what we call the solitary confinement vault, just for y'all. This is our way of showing y'all thanks and our appreciation. We appreciate you so much, and Kelly, we, we really appreciate you being here. So, y'all, Kelly Jennings, you may have not, you may or not may not have heard her episodes yet, but she's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, worked in Angola as a classification officer. Um, she's a career, lifelong teacher now, and, and, and the criminal mind fascinates you and everything else. So thank you so much for being here for the first ever Chase Team episode. I'm so honored. This, this is great. I know. I'm excited and to the, be on the team. So yes. what happened was, uh, on the other two episodes you did, young can agree oh my god they were fire y'all and we it's so good in fact that we flew her in from livingston parish louisiana all the way (laughs) to del norte (laughs) avenue (laughs) for this episode Uh, anyway the episodes were fire um i think you are a whole lot like me i mean you just go off right and the passion and so uh, we had actually we were going to do sean vincent gillis for the first one 
totally, totally changed. We like you better. That's right. We Aww, like you better. Thanks. Better than Sean Vincent. Yes. You're more fire. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, with that being said. Yeah. So, in, in folks, uh, we apologize. We don't know what order that we're going to necessarily drop these episodes. So, uh, as Woody said, Kelly has done a couple of episodes with us that were such fire, and she tells a story so well, and she has so many interesting things to say about Angola, uh, bloody Angola, that we asked her uh, and didn't even have to beg to get her to do uh, the episode with us just for you guys. So it's a couple of stories that she's going to share and uh, we're going to enjoy it, and y'all are going to enjoy it's gonna it. It's going to be raw and unscripted, y'all. We have not talked about it ahead of time. I know not what she's going to say, That's but right. I can't wait, and who knows where this is going to go. Yeah, gonna be we're ready. I'm just excited someone wants to hear me talk. All my husband does is they be quiet. I'm like, hey. I just ignore my wife. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He loves me, and he listens to my stories. Uh, but, yes, um, he does. You know, man, prison, right? I mean, uh, it's not, it wasn't really the dream I think my mom had for me whenever I said, Hey mom, I'm going to prison. You know, and, yeah. um, it's kind of funny too. My daddy, he, uh, my stepdaddy wears, um, shirts I got him from Angola and it always says a gated community on it. And so many people, so many people would stop him back in the day and be like, Oh man, you know about Angola? And he's like, Oh, my daughter, my daughter's in Angola. And they're like, they would just stop and stare at me like, Oh no, no, no. She works there. Yeah. She's not in there. You but know? you know what? You were in there. I You're serving. I always said. When I went through the gates, I was serving time too. Yeah, because only for twelve hours at a time. But I said I was serving time with them. Yeah, yeah, because your uh, your life outside of the prison walls it it shuts off. Right? I mean, you're it's totally different. And, yeah, and, yeah, and hanging out with people, and you're not worried about for the most part. You know, whole different world than when you, the games you, that are being played. Whole and, different world than when you go inside, right? Yeah, I think you. Just, did such a great job of not only painting the overall picture of Angola, but then getting to bring the true, yeah, the nature of the beast, right? Yeah, I mean, because it's multi. There's a lot of moving parts and a lot of people involved, and it it's not just about what the bad guy did, but the ripple yeah, effects. A whole different world, a whole different set of rules. Yeah, but you know, sometimes it's funny. Yeah. Oh, that's a lot of funny. Shit. Like. Um, <laughs> I had this inmate. I'll tell you about him real quick. So um, where I worked at this point in time was main prison. And um, my office that I was in was down. Like, you actually went down some steps into this. I don't know. It seems kind of dangerous now thinking about, yeah. you know, like you're kind of trapped down yeah. there. And um, But, you know, you get clerks. Uh, that They come and go. But the Clerks being trustees. Yeah. They made some work for you. Yeah. Inmates that will kind of help you out, like help you file papers or, you know, run errands or whatever you need them to do. And um, I cannot remember, honestly, if he was my clerk at this time or if he was just an inmate that seemed to always come down there when I was trying to do something. Um, <laughs> God darn, you know. Uh, I'm telling you, high school, teaching yeah. high school and prison are a lot alike. Yeah. It's just a, just a little bit stronger, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. than prison. But um, I'll never, he came in, and this was a big guy. Uh, he was a black male. He was probably mm, – Maybe six two, six three, and and he was a nice looking guy. Like he didn't seem he didn't seem scary. Like he was right. jumping out of the bushes, you know. And he was a murderer, yeah. um, and um, he would just come down there and talk to me. And when he would walk in, he talked just like this, <laughs> just like this, muscles, 
And um, he just wanted to talk about my shoes. And we would just talk about my shoes. And he would say, and I'm literally trying to type and do stuff. And it's just weird because I'm like, okay, friend, like not friend, but you're like, okay, girl, I don't know what to call you. (laughs) Uh, Because he's like the strapping guy and he's just not talking to me like that. And, uh, <laughs> very feminine. Very. And he would he would cross his legs and he'd say, tell me about the mall. It's been so long. Talk to me about the mall. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, well, we have a, what's called the new mall now, which, you know, has right. been there for a while now. And he was from New Orleans. And he was like, well, what kind of stores? And I'm like telling him about Claire's, you know, like little girl ear piercing stores and, and the food court. There's the court. I'm like, dude, there's a carousel. In the they ride rides. I'm like, yes. I mean, it was like so bizarre, but we would just be having our discussions. And I was like, well, Okay, I know you weren't supposed to do this, but I mean, I'm human. Right. And I'd be like, well, hey, fellow, like, um, why are you here? <laughs> what did your this Southern Belle do, mm. you know? And he'd say, oh, he said, wrong place, wrong time. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, right? I mean, what happened? And he was like, oh, you know, drugs and shootouts. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah living that dream day, in my yeah. private school life. You know? <laughs> and, um, I was like, well, tell me about it. And so he was just telling me about, um, <laughs> he was just telling me like about his brother and, and I don't know, in New Orleans, they were, they were like thugs, like, you know, on the street, right. but obviously he'd been called what's turned out right, right when he got in prison. And so if you don't know lingo turned out, I don't know if you've covered it no, in I depth or anything, but if you're turned out, that's basically a, a straight male on the street that once he comes into prison, he takes on the role of the traditional female and, you know, you can let your mind Pretty much, he's the um, he's the catcher. Uh, maybe sometimes he, he's yeah, the batter yeah. too. Yeah, he was the wife, if you want to. Yeah. But anyway, but he was a big wife. Like, yeah. He was yeah. the swollest wife I ever yeah. came across. But uh, you know, we'd be just talking about stuff, and he would tell him about the mall, and he would tell me about his brother, and they had just gotten to this squabble in New Orleans, and oh my God, bullets flew, and it yeah. just oh my God, girl, you just wouldn't even understand. I'm like, no, I, no, I solid would not understand. And I'm like, well, dude, like, what what, what happened to you here? Like, why yeah. are you? Because I was young. I didn't. Right. He's like, what do you mean what happened? I'm like, did, were you prissy in the shootout? Like, yeah. how'd you run away? Yeah. Like, what happened? You know? and, oh, no, it was different on the street. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And y'all, his voice went from talking like this. He was like, I was a G on the street. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, oh, uh, all right. I ain't, going to have I ain't questioning you. Yeah. And then he would just jump right back into talking about my shoes and things. And so, uh they moved me from main prison to Camp D at one point. And so, you know, they'll move you around. They'll shuffle you. And sometimes it's for, you know, well, it's always for a reason. But sometimes it was more serious than others. I can tell you, um, at one point, they had moved me to Camp J. I only made it two weeks at Camp J. Not because of me. Right. Um, from what I understand, I was told it was actually because of me, but I had no clue. But um, so, at, you know, at Camp J, everybody's locked up. It's a lockdown. It's the worst place to be in England. Right. Was. Like, that's yeah. where the, was, yeah, shut down the, the bad, bad, bad guys were. Yeah. Yeah. And and um, uh, just to tell everybody a quick story that I heard from an actual inmate. Yeah. Uh, about Camp J that was in Camp J for 25 years. And uh, so correct me with I'm, if I'm wrong, people, but is there not almost like you go when you go into Camp J, there's an area and then you go into another area and this area is locked and this area is locked. Yeah, there's always so almost like a hallway by itself. Then you go through that and you're actually in the deal. Well, he said Camp J was so bad that prisoners, you 
you could the cinder block was so old it was breaking off in pieces and literally literally the prisoners could break through their wall into the next freaking cell. So it happened all the time. They would punch through the cinder block. It would just chip apart and they would chip it enough to where they could kick. And they're in the other cell beating the shit out of another inmate. No lies. I'm like, dang, no wonder they closed it. That's why we don't go to prison, folks. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, the Kool-Aid man breaks through your freaking cell. What the hell? Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, I was at Camp J, and so they're locked down, but that they also had inmate workers, right, to bring the food and stuff like that. And the reason they said they moved me, I was there two weeks, and then they're like, hey, you're moving back, and I'm taking it personal. Like, what did I do? I'm working so hard here. And they said, now, this was older than me, so I don't have a lot of knowledge about it, but the ski mask rapist mm-hmm. are you familiar with yeah, that case I'm not, I'm not sure okay apparently there was a guy that was a ski mask rapist around here somewhere mm-hmm. but they apparently had seen him sleuthing when i was making my rounds so I, I don't know if he was like a um a, he was a worker bringing the food but it seemed like everywhere i went was he would shadow he was right there behind me so they're like yeah we'll move her i'm like right. well thank you they were just Trying to prevent, I think, a yeah, I think, maintenance, if you will. Yeah, so they'll kind of move you around, and I appreciate it, whoever made that decision. Um, because yeah, no uh, no thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you didn't get raped and killed. So yeah, that was here today. That was yeah. <laughs> this would we wouldn't have no bonus episode. <laughs> Kelly? This is Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> she was here. <laughs> she told us this before. <laughs> get that. Get a psychic in yeah, here, right? Yeah, Maybe she right. can tell my story. Yeah. All right, but um, anyway, so um, I was moved back to. Uh, move from J to D, and then from D back to main prison. And this is going to matter, okay? So I was gone for a while, like a couple of months, really. And then one day I just dropped back on the walk, you know? Right. Well, to back up a little bit, they had had the rodeo, the, the Angola rodeo. And have you, I don't know if, if the people familiar, you know, if you're familiar with it, but. Yeah, it, it's a long running tradition every weekend in October. And now I think one or two weekends in April. April. Yeah, big, big deal. Yeah. And so what happens is the inmates get to go out and again, they have to be cleared or whatever. And some of them do have to stay behind the fences if they're not uh, trustees, but they put on a rodeo. It raises a ton of money for the inmates and for prison. And they are able to, you know, even though they're inmates and they're locked up in prison, we still have to have programs and things to keep them occupied. I mean, you don't want a bunch of people running around with nothing to do. Right. Uh, you know, that's uh, the devil's, devil's work. Hand, yeah, yeah. There you go. Idle um, hands. Idle hands. Right? Yeah. And cool, cool, fun fact, by the way, the entire stadium, if you ever look, if you look it up, was built by inmate labor in 30 days. Really? 30 days. It's no big. kidding. Yeah, it's big. Huge. It's an arena. Yeah. yeah. I didn't watch it. That was the stat they gave me though when I did the tours. Yeah. 30 days, all inmate labor. That's, in, that's wow. impressive. Yeah. Um, and they want to work. That's, right. you know, it's not like we're, you know, well, it passes us high. Yeah. And yeah. it gives you something to do. And, but anyway, so the rodeo had happened. So when the rodeo happens, free people get to come in and they get to buy, um, hobby craft from the inmates that they create. And there are a lot of talented. Oh yeah. The, these, uh, I remember being on cell block and the guy sketching out a picture of me. Oh, I just like, the hand funny. was like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. This is a Picasso. Right? I know. Not because of, yeah. not because <laughs> like, of me. Bro, why didn't you become an artist <laughs> instead of a, you know, a rapist? Yeah, it yeah. Been- Clifford Etienne, who fought Mike Tyson. Yes. Uh, um, I remember and then him. I had him on my cell block and he got out and became the prominent boxer. He, he was a interstate boxing champion. He got out and got a, Walt uh, Tyson, he lost because it busted his in, in, inner eardrum and got back on the drugs on the street, took a Baton Rouge City's duty weapon for him in a fight, went to kill him in the gun jam. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. And so, but he's a fucking phenomenal artist. His, his art at the rodeos, they, he does old paintings and yeah. shit, and they make a ton of money. But they, they use that money and they send it home to their families. Yes, and like yes. That. And so, and I thought it was um, kind of neat too to see how much they make money, yeah. but they do send it home. Some of them have kids. A lot yeah. of them have kids. Now, they, and, they, now, the free people can't walk up to them eight and, and just get the shit. Uh, they they yeah. say that they give them a ticket and, and they have to go pay somewhere else. Right. So you're not handing that would be terrible. We yeah. do not want money. Uh, in prison yeah, no, holy no, no, crap no, no, barter city no, no. right and and that's a huge uh that's a huge deal at the rodeo so yeah. my mother and father-in-law actually had a picture painted by a prisoner over their fireplace huge big as this table uh and it was of a bayou scene the colors used for that picture was like some pretty blues and there was a moonlight up there and there was a mm-hmm. you know like a uh cajun house or whatever that's sitting on the bike it is an absolutely like Picasso looking yeah. painting. I mean, I love that painting. Um, came from a prisoner, and they fell in love with it when they saw it. And I, I never asked them what they paid for it, but well, um, th- I don't know. I don't know if they're cheap, expensive, or what. But it, it no, on the cheap. street that would have been. I mean, in a museum that would have been a ten thousand dollar painting all yeah. day long. Oh yeah, and, and then that's what what's impressive is just because you're you've made terrible decisions doesn't mean you're not talented. That's right. And uh, you learn that a lot so. of them have incredible talents, right. and it, not everybody's stupid. You know, right. they just screwed that's up. Right. But I always say prison's full of dummies, but not all of them. No, so, there's doctors, right. lawyers. I that's mean, right. there's yeah. a lot of people yeah. in prison. But but anyway, so. Um, after the rodeo, they would clean up. Like, inmates would have to clean up. So this guy, this inmate that was the real sweet one, um, he always had these Oakleys on. Now, they were knockoffs. They were fake. But he had found them at the rodeo, the Oakley sunglasses. And he wore those things proud as punch. Okay? That was, like, his thing. Okay? He was known for those Oakleys. And so um, I got moved around. And then here we go. A couple months later, I am back at main prison. So, you know, I'm just jumping right back into things. I grab my paperwork and it's just another day, another dollar and I'm making my rounds. Well, again, if you've listened to prior episodes, you know, you got to go down the long walk. And then I was going on the East yard. And so I go down, I take my left and I'm walking and there's a building right there. And it's like the warden's office over that side of the prison, you know, the prison. And there's this inmate standing there, strapping, tall, big guy. And I want you to imagine I'm far away and I'm walking and he is leaning against the wall and he's got one leg bent, one foot up on the wall. And he's just got his head kind of cocked over looking my direction and he's not doing anything. He's just standing there. And as I get closer, (laughs) I recognize, Oh, that's whatever. Now he he said his name was Daniel. Okay. Obviously that's not his name, but that's Daniel. I recognize Daniel. And he puts his hand up on the top of his nose and he slowly pulled those sunglasses down off to down to the tip of his nose. And he's looking at me down over those sunglasses. And I just kind of cocked my head back and looked at him. He said, and where have you been, (laughs) ma'am? I said, working. Where have you been? He said, hmm, you don't call. You don't fax, you don't text, you don't write a letter. You just up and leave a girl and have me here all by my damn self. Uh, <laughs> Look the other way. And I was like, uh, I-, I didn't know how to take that. Yeah. I- I'm really sorry that I left you, Danielle. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, That's and, sin and gully, y'all. Yeah. It, sometimes it's just such a crapshoot. It's so oh, funny. Wow. And so I kind of no, walked. It's the greatest show on earth. Oh, yeah. Like so I just kind of walked past him, and then I just stopped. You know, I'm not apologizing to him, but then I was like, did I just leave you? Like, I'm, I, is it that serious? So I turned around and I was like, I'm sorry, Danielle, that I was moved to another <laughs> camp. And he dropped that leg down. He said, well, 
Apology accepted. Sisters can't be angry. Oh. And he just started walking with me awesome. back down. Back down the walk. Sisters can't be Sisters angry. can't be angry. Oh, my God. That's funny. He was like your bestie. I guess. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, but that, that tickled me. Let's let's talk about the uh, sexuality real quick because yeah. it's important. The, there's, you know, we're not being homophobics or anything Absolutely like that. Absolutely We're, we're yeah, talking time. about prison terms yeah. and, and what goes on. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So... Uh, there's a plethora of things we talk about. But one, not all men that go in that have homosexual relations with other men think that they're gay. Right. They, we Survival say, tactic. Gay, gay for the stay. But they'll tell you straight up, my, hey, I got to do what I got to do, right? And I remember going in the shower one time and catching, I was watching this inmate. I was on the dorm and uh, relieved somebody. One inmate would watch me. And if I moved, he would turn and look at another man across the way. That inmate would turn his head and look at somebody who was in the, in the bathroom. So I figured it out. I waited and, and, and ran into the fucking bathroom. And there was one guy behind the guy who hadn't been up behind the wall. I was wearing him out. Wearing out. He said, he said, sorry. I said, oh, stop. He said, oh, sorry. I'm going to hold him. You got to let me get this nut. <laughs> I was like, I'll be outside. <laughs> <laughs> they came out, cuffed up. I'll be outside. I'm like, they were naked. I wasn't going in there. Why didn't you yeah. jump in between them, Woody? Yeah. But he told me, uh, I, I got sent back to the work and block not that long after that, and he told me, he said, mm, he, he said, I'm not gay. He said, but I got to do, but I do to get my nut while I'm down, right? And, and they get back on the street. And then there's straight. that. Right. Then, there's, there's, then there's Danielle, the um, ones who take it on the full persona, and that's just the way it is. Yeah, and so it's a, it's a, um, it's a game or it's a hustle. Everybody's got a hustle, right? right? right. And um, an angle too. Yeah, yeah. And an angle, right? And so they're not doing it for free. Right. Um, they're gaining protection from it. So if they're a, tr- a traditionally straight man on the street, and then they come into prison, they know they're going to be down for a while. Maybe they're a smaller one. Maybe they're inexperienced. I know statistically, um, when we would do um, like Priya, I don't know if if. You're probably not familiar with that if you're not in the prison systems. But we have uh, in Louisiana the Prison Rape Elimination Act. And so um, rape is an issue. It's not something that we can overlook. We have a duty and an obligation to protect these inmates um, while they're under our care. That said, people are going to do what they're going to do. All right. They understand the rules, and they're going to do what they want to do and hopefully not get caught. And, again, disease transmission. We want to cut down on disease transmission. So – but under the Prison Rape Elimination Act, they also keep stats on that if you're a nerd like me and you like to look things up. And uh, and sometimes it can be staff on inmate. It can be inmate on staff. It can be inmate on inmate. There's a plethora of ways that this can go down. Um, but there is no consensual sex in prisons whatsoever. Even consensual, there's none. By, by law and by, by, by the rules. By rule and by law. Right. Um, that, that's the rules. Right. And so even if two people agree that this is what they want to do, if we bust you, you're done. It, you, there's none of that. Because we know, too, it's part of the 
barter and protection system, right. and we want to try to limit that. Yeah, and you're automatically going to the hole if you get caught doing that. It's Unintended? Not... <laughs> Very good. <laughs> that's the best one ever. Yes, pun intended. Uh, oh, that's the best ever. Oh, yeah, they're going to swing you. Yeah. Say, uh, yeah. yeah um, <laughs> Sorry. That was good. great. <laughs> Chase team members, you like yeah. that one. No. Uh, um, I remember this. I got to tell a story. They had this little bitty short black guy. I mean, he had to be like five feet, right? And had this big, tall black guy, big, like 300 pounds, prison muscle, just muscled out guy. And the, you would have thought the situation was reversed, but the little guy was the bull and the big really? guy was his sister. Was his punk. And, and wow. it was the gal boy. And, and the just blew my mind every time I'd see him together. Uh, I mean, this guy look, always, almost looked like a midget, right? I don't know if that's a small person, whatever the fuck yeah. you want to call him. The, the, he was almost that small, but he, he was wearing out big boy. That's crazy. <laughs> but I talked to one inmate who was in Angola for 25 years, and he was telling his story of when he first went from hunts to Angola. And when he went into Angola, he'd never been there. And they put him in what's, I think it was Camp B. So they put him in there, and he said, at this time, Camp B was primarily where the punks were. That's what they called them, punks or sissies. That's prison time. And he said, so I'm not trying to be politically incorrect or anything, but that's what they were, punks. That's what we called them. He said, so I've never been in Angola. only heard about it like everybody else, and I have been in hunts, and they're like, oh, you're going to Angola? Oh, you're going to the bad place? He said, I will (laughs) I walked in Camp B, and he said, I see guys with their shirts tied up like this. I see guys with their freaking ass hanging out of their shorts and all. And they're all like Danielle, talking yeah. like that. And he said, this is Angola. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? He said he was, it was like he was in Bizarre World. And, and, and he said, eventually, you know, he, he, uh, he ran into a friend he knew there. And the guy's like, you in Camp B? And he said, you need to get out of there. They're going to think you a punk. <laughs> so he ended up transferring <laughs> somehow. But, yeah, uh, you know, just they do exist. Yeah. In, and in, in other states, I know that there there are states or, I don't know, counties that will segregate the populations for their own safety. We didn't have that when I was out there. You just kind of went and did your thing, and then if you had an enemy or something, you know, put you in each other's jackets or your right, records right. so that you wouldn't be housed together or right. something like that. Inmate sex thing is a very real deal. Even masturbation is illegal. Oh, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to have old school shop books, though. You remember I mean, that? Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. You can tell that one. Oh, I got a great one on masturbation. So... <laughs> <laughs> this is a great story. Kelly, they'll say yet another prisoner <laughs> I've talked to y'all. It seems like it's all I talked to lately, but um, there was a guy he was imprisoned. He, okay. So they had trades stuff there you could do. And he, he was in the welding trade deal. And so he was going to be a welder when he got released. And so they had the, uh, there are these little spaces, picture them like closets, and you, there's a curtain, and you go in, and you shut it, and a red light comes on, and you're welding in there, right? So that's where the guys would go to jack off. They would go inside this <laughs> welding thing, and that's where they get off. So they knew when that what red was, light was on. What was in there? Oh, they had uh, Playboy magazines from like 1920 in That's there. That's what they would call shop books. Yeah, yeah, and and so the magazine would always stay in there. And what 
so the magazine, you know, it might be 1992, but that magazine might be 1972, uh, Playboy, but everybody looked at that, and that was like the booth that they went in to handle themselves. And so, then you better not take it out of there. Either. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's that's like right. The girlfriend, yeah, yeah, yeah. who took her? Who took? And they would get attached. Yeah, they get attached. <laughs> who to has the pictures. January nineteen seventy three? Yes. <laughs> so he goes in there and he's doing his thing, and um, all of a sudden the curtain opens, and there's a guard jerking him out of there, and he's literally got it in his hand still. <laughs> And he's like, man, what the fuck? And the guard's like, uh, pull your pants up, put your dick up, and come on, or whatever. And so he he does. And uh, he said, well, let me ask you something. How did you know I was doing that in there? And the, the guard said, "I, well, you were in there welding, but there was no sparks on the floor. Oh, <laughs> you know, so you're supposed to be welding, you see sparks. And, and they looked, and there was no sparks. He said, I knew you were doing something in there. I mean, we all have hormones and stuff like that. and But, you know, it does need to be controlled and because of disease, transmission, stuff like that. Yeah, they, they threw away. him in the hole. The, the, no pun intended yeah. for that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Um, but um, basically, you know, the, the, they can't have these these relationships or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But I um I know that it happens. Everyone knows that it happens. We just try to minimize because it is also like I said for protection. They'll team up with each other. They'll barter with it. Um, just like well, they, they pimp the them out. They, they yeah. the um the pimp the bull will pimp them out. Not only for sex. For, uh, like to wash people's dirty underwear, hand wash, and instead of going to prison wash, that's a big fucking deal. And so they're they're in the cell washing in the clean water in the toilet, hand scrubbing some of my else's drawers because you're the punk. Right, and you're yeah. making the bed, but yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. you know you you never know what you're dealing with. But there were signs uh, of whether you're dealing with a punk or not: eyebrow arching, um, tight cuffed. Uh, and again, the signs may have changed now, but yeah. uh, tight roll pants yeah. at the bottom, um, you know, swishy steps and stuff like that. But sometimes they were on the low, though. You wouldn't mm-hmm. know unless you knew. Um, and you so you just kind of have to watch and make sure that y- you don't want someone injured. You know, they have male inmates with breast implants. That's, um, right. That's right. That that could be a big problem mm-hmm. for you uh, once you're yeah. you're locked yeah. up. Somebody, <laughs> I want to even touch that. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could that could be an issue. So um, I know that. Um, I, w- I would have to thank. You as being a young, attractive female in Angola, somebody had to. Oh uh, yeah, somebody got me. So um, <laughs> I mean, it's the nature of the beast. Man. Yeah, and I'm gonna make light of this story because I. Yeah. What else you get? Well, you don't have to tell if you. Yeah. Want no, to. I'll, no, I'll tell it. I'll tell it. Well, this is in the vault, so only people are gonna see this are patrons. Okay, so um, I was at Camp F. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> Uh, and I, sorry, mom, dad gummit. Uh, All right. <laughs> so I was making my rounds and again, cell block. And then there's a <clears throat> cinder block wall, cell block, cinder block wall. So you can imagine if you're standing at a cell block and you're talking to somebody, the cell next to you, you're really not, unless you were far back, you really can't see what all's happening right next to you. It's kind of a weird thing. So I'm, I'm, talking to this inmate in front of me, handling legitimate business. And then out of the corner of my eye, I'm young. I'm like, oh, my God, is this inmate having a seizure? Because he is flailing <laughs> dramatically. He, I mean, he was having a seizure, y'all. Oh, I mean, this shit. was dangerous. <laughs> this had to Grand Mall was given a new, yeah. a, a new. <laughs> Wasn't no pet it. Holy yeah. crap. So I'm like, oh, my, right? Yeah. So I stepped back to assess this situation, this medically 
clearly needing medical assistance, isn't they? And honey, when I stepped back, I said, Jesus Christ, you're going to injure yourself, so you're going to pull that off. Put it away. Put it away. And uh, so then, you know, the guy on the T, the, the CO comes running. And, he's like, and I was like, all right. I'm just like Silence of the Lambs on steroids. Right? Like, oh, you know. Clarice. Hello, Clarice. Oh, my God. The star um, of his fantasy. That was very rude of him, Clarice. <laughs> <laughs> Danielle pops up around the corner. Is, yeah, no, girl. I get that all the time. To my sister, <laughs> the inmate, the one I was talking to though, when that all kind of like went down though, he was like, "Dad, gut." He didn't say "dead gum." Yeah, he was like, like, "You're messing up. I'm trying to get something done here." You know? like, I don't know what to do right now. There's so much happening in one small That's space. Mess, man. Okay. Yeah, yeah so he got. He, he tried to get me, but he yeah. he, he got himself. Yeah, he got himself. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So, and, you know, there were times you would walk up on things that just didn't look quite right, but you didn't catch it in the moment, you know. And uh, I know one time, too, this was interesting. So, inmate mail, that was, like, um, fun. (laughs) Inmate mail was some kind of interesting stuff going on. Sometimes it was boring. Sometimes yeah, because you'd read all that, right? Yeah, I, I didn't have to, but sometimes it just would be in my stuff or whatever, and I'd be opening it and trying to figure out what's going on. And <laughs> well, Jesus, you know, between death threats and Danielle and it real Angola, when you say the bloody Angola, sometimes it was like, what the heck, you know, is happening here? Yeah. Um, but I remember one time I opened a card and it said, To my love. And I opened it and it was all this love lovey-dovey talk and so but i got confused because um it was interinstitutional mail i'm like wait how did it get did i open it in the wrong i'm sitting there wasting my freaking time trying to figure out and then it but it was signed daryl or or mike you know and it was sent to bruce you know i was like oh god all right and just close it back up slide it back was it sticky me up no no jesus stop what is it i'm sorry Ugh. But uh, yeah, so that that was interesting. But what was really shocking to me, I mean, it isn't now, but I remember it was outside mail. Yeah. And I opened it and was looking at something. But it struck me as odd. The um, stamp was like thick, like real thick. And I'm just a curious human being, you know, like, what could that be? Um, so I, w- I was reading the mail and it was obviously sexy time mail from a woman to a inmate. <laughs> and so peel back the. Stamp and right there, about how big is that? I don't know, half an inch, half an inch. I mean, the size of a stamp stamp. behind a stamp were little t tiny Polaroid, like, like shrunk down pictures that were cut out of this like 50 something year old white woman in the most ungodly position (laughs) sending these photos to this inmate. And I was just like in shock and awe. I didn't know what to do. And I, when I finally saw the inmate that they were being sent to, a little bitty teeny tiny little, little black guy. He was, I don't know, 29. And he's got this old, Sixty-year-old woman sending her little teeny tiny. Not only taking the time to take the pictures, but getting shrunk down and then trying to get it in through the system. That's wow. Wow. Like, bet she got a lot of mileage out of that. Bro, walk in Walmart and find you a man. Why you got to send miniature Polaroids? (laughs) Maybe she didn't even bubble wasn't getting out. Captive audience is all I can say. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, he he wasn't gonna cheat on with another woman. No, 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 no. Physically, anyway. no. But that was but, that was 
That was interesting. That's crazy. I mean, I know uh, stamps being used, dipped in acid or cocaine, stuff like that yeah. uh, uh, for drugs, but I had never heard one with tiny pictures behind it. Yeah, that was that was bizarre. But you know, too, that's currency. Porn is currency. Oh, yeah. uh, so, I know yeah. we went, we went, oh, I'm sorry. But the One of the guys, the, the longest one, he's still on death row, the one that killed that little boy, um, him and his lover killed the little boy and left him uh, Magnolia Beach. Mm-hmm. He actually sued the Department of Corrections. They busted him with gay porn and on death row, and they took it from him. And Wonder how that sued. got in there. Exactly. Well, obviously, mm-hmm. well, yeah, and he talked about this, but like ninety percent of everything that gets in is free people that brings mm-hmm. in the guards. But he, they seized it. He sued. Now I don't know how the fuck this works out with the with the rule book and everything else. He sued that he had a right to have gay porn. And he fucking won. Was it a freedom of speech thing or was yes, it? Yes. And then shit, the, the fucking federal courts granted it to him. They had to give him gay porn. And the, the, the doctor that worked death row is the one that told me about that. Uh, uh, Jan's husband. God, Jan, I love her to death. She's so Sylvester. Right. Jan Sylvester. Oh, that's my neighbor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. yeah. She's the best. Yeah. Hello, Jan. Shout uh, out, Jan. Yeah. Jan. <laughs> You have the right to paint socks. But her husband worked death row. Yeah, he's a big old tall fella. We are totally off kilter right now. But I just got to tell you that her husband has the biggest feet I've ever seen in my entire life. He wears like a size 16 shoe. Were you there for any of the executions? Or was it a moratorium? They... Uh, I never was, I never watched one right, or anything right, right. like that. They were, uh, they practiced for one. Yeah. And, but when you, matter. when you go into death row, um, or the execution chamber, the death chamber, when you walk in again, it looks just like any other, any other dorm or, or cell block so that you're kind of entering, right. but actually it's a little, they've changed the color. Hey, this is a fun little side note. Um, Barbara Walters came in and did an interview one time, a long time ago. You can probably look it up. And she did not like the color of the paint on the walls when they were doing the interview. So it's now a pinkish peach color, or it was last time I was there. Yeah. And it's Barbara Walter pink. They painted it for her interview. I didn't know that. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. But um, so uh, you walk in there. Now, so the death chamber is literally probably the size of this room that we're in maybe a little bit wider it's not very big it's got a a big metal bed that lays flat um and then there's strap big leather brown straps and so there's like death row tie down team you know left arm you're responsible for a body part that's right and make it smooth and seamless and um so they practice bringing him in what if he fights what if he doesn't fight He's separated from death row. They put in the death watch cell, and then when they go to get him after his last meal and their last prayer, whatever, is sometimes they buck up, and they're, like, going, kicking and screaming. Well, it ain't going to last for long. When this team goes in, even if you don't, uh, they go in and, and, and they handle their business, right? And it's, it's like clockwork, like a professional NFL football team. Um, it's clinical. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's very clinical because you, you have to plan for the unexpected. Right. What if you fight? What if you have a loose strap? What if the needle, um, you know, Outside, you don't want to be fighting somebody? And um, now there's these two glass um, walls that line one side of the room, but the curtains drawn right. while they're doing this part well, they're because putting we, in, they're strapping them down and, and mm-hmm. running <clears throat> IVs and all that. Yep. And there's, uh, it's separated though, and so like the victim's family and, and all that. And the other side, they get like a religious representative. Mm-hmm. The media can come. Mm-hmm. Well, if two, they're, I think two from the media, two, and then yeah. um, and that's drawn by a pool, and then it's 
a couple family members or whatever. It is. Yeah. Um, but they don't want to make it a scene. It's not a scene. It shouldn't be a show for entertainment. It's mm-hmm. justice being served. And so once they get them tied down, you can imagine when the bed's laying down where the head would be of the person being put to death. So the bed stands up. So they can make a, a last statement or whatever. They read the warrant. There's a big boom right, mic right, that's right. like and, right and there. Then, wow. then they lay them down. Yeah. Push it through. And behind their head, if you want to envision, there's a sm- a wall. There's a hole in the wall where ivy lines come through. Um, and the executioner is behind like a two-way glass in this little room with a little window. Because nobody knows that's who the it, executioner yes. is. That's right. And I respect that. Because I would not want anyone to know. Correct. And, and I, yeah, yeah, I had so. heard, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I had heard that the executioner doesn't even know who has the actual killing stuff. Yeah. They, I had they, heard. They could, they could push. Some yeah, states do put, it by machine. Some right. states do it manually. just yeah. depends on well, the state. I even go back to old Sparky. That they, um, you, you, nobody knew who the person was that threw the switch. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I respect that because... I wouldn't want people knowing if it was me. And I also, for safety reasons, we don't want other people to know. And there's right, lots of right. speculation. Is it a medical person? Right. Well, no, it can't be because they take the Hippocratic mm, Hippocratic right, Oath right. of do no harm. Well, right. is it just some random person off the street? You know, who you know, is it? You know, every execution Danielle. death certificate yes. calls listed by for death is homicide by the state of Louisiana. It is. It's not yeah. unnatural death. That's, that's what yeah. everyone's death certificate and homicide by the state of Louisiana. I'm going to look that up for my class. That's look interesting. I want to show true. my students. That's kind of interesting. But um, I do know this, too. Um, warden Kane, I believe, is the only warden that has seen all methods of execution. So the chair, hanging, and um, uh, lethal injection, you yeah. know, because there's multiple. He wrote a book called Kane's Redemption. Yeah. And I, I was reading it in there, too. Yeah, about I read that. Stuff. Uh, it's been years since I read it there. Yeah, so I don't. Um, I have a class set actually, and have them read it because I think it's interesting, right, you know. Right. But um, yeah, so it, it, death row is a, is 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 a whole different thing. But they they want it to be very um, clinical by the book. Slam bam, thank With you, man. As ma'am. much respect as, as they can, yeah, and more, way more than the fuckers deserve. I can tell you. Oh, absolutely. They, you know, they. I think they ought to give it to them just like they got. Yeah, uh, the they gave. The hey, you know, I went to um, Texas um, one time, Huntsville, Texas. Mm-hmm. All right, and I was touring a prison there because I mean, my whole life has been dedicated. I mean, I've I do have a master's degree in, in criminal justice, security administration, right. but I've dedicated my life to actually learning the truth and how it's done. And right. so I had the opportunity to go for a nine one one dispatch conference to Huntsville, Texas. And if you've never been there, it's a prison town. Yeah. It's all prisons. Everybody works for the prison mm-hmm. system. And the college, uh, Sam Houston University, mm-hmm. is literally in the center of prison. And so, like, you'll see people walk, kids walk into class, and there's guards up on tall walls. I didn't know that. Well, oh, it's so yeah. interesting. And I did go by an execution there. I can tell you about that if you want. It's yeah. not Angola. But, yeah. um, I was supposed to go to, um, to Death Row to visit Darlie Routier, the Death Row mom. Um, You're going to go visit in, her? In December for source justice, yeah. <laughs> We've been corresponding. Will you take me, Woody? <laughs> Let's start I'll a new hashtag. Yeah. Take Kelly. Take Kelly take to Kelly, see Darley. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that case where she yeah. killed her kids or whatever. Um, but anyway. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Stay tuned. Season two scores just. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, you're innocent until proven guilty by court of law. You the right to an attorney. You can't afford one. We'll provide for you. But no, so yeah, so it's a prison town. And when I went there to tour that, they actually let me go back. And this guy, he was like, wait a minute. You you, you know about Angola? And he worked there. Right. He was a uh, 
major, I think, there. And I was like, well, yeah. But I, and he was like, really? I said, dude, I'm a nobody. I'm just, yeah. you were asking. I'm telling you. And he was like, I want to give you something. It's in my classroom. I need to show you if you ever yeah. come by. And I was like, okay. And he goes back and he comes out and he's got a patch he hands me and it says Death Row Tie Down Team. Oh, shit. Yeah. And they don't give those out. Oh, no, you got to <laughs> earn that one. And, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I was just so impressed because you just don't get it. Right. And I think he was left arm, if I remember yeah. correctly. I wow. think he was left arm. That is but, crazy. Yeah. So I got a Death Row Tie Down patch. And, that is crazy. And I just think that's crazy. I'm take a pitch when I come and talk to you, Steven. Hell yeah. Come, come get it. And hey, this summer I had a New York cop cut, cut. Up his patch off his shirt and give, it, give to it to me. Uh, I'm like, yeah. but I'm dedicated. You right, know, I'm telling right. him all about it. But anyway, so I did um, get to see like their tie down room and I did get to go see their death house and how they do things. Well, I'll be danged if he didn't tell me, hey, swing by tomorrow. We're doing an execution. And I'm like, swing by tomorrow. But stop, you know, stop on and up for a cup yeah. of tea. Hey, girl, do you want to come by? I'll show you what's <laughs> up. Execution going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Come on. Back. That's crazy. Um, so, um, and I didn't plan on telling you all this story, yeah, but fine. I, I want to tell you. Yeah. So, I was not in the room. Disclaimer: I didn't get to go do that, right. but. They. <laughs> you sound so eager. You sound disappointed. Guys. Well, no. <laughs> well, no, but I. No, I, 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 want, I want to see it. Too, In so. the spirit of okay. education. Yeah, there you go. Right. I feel like I need to live it. Yeah. Okay. So, but anyway, so I, I did. I swung, I swung by the next day. And um, my stepdad was actually with me. He traveled with me for this event. And um, <laughs> so we um, walk out, and it's a huge brick, tall, red building. Across the hall from it, or excuse me, across the street from it is another small building, and that's where the family and everybody sits before they call over time for the execution. And this will really put into the raw, um, like, dang, like they really just killed somebody. So I'm sitting there, and the way that they do it there is where that building is facing the big main prison where I had just, um, I had just toured their death house. On one side of it is a road. And then on the other side of it is it a road. Well, on one side is where all the people who come picket to say, you know, oh, yeah, it's yeah. murder of, a, you know, right, yeah. a, a fighting against it. Okay. And the other the side, other side people, is they're jumping for joy. Yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, check this right. out. Okay. I get there and there are people with loudspeakers and screaming and hollering against the death penalty and ah, you know, just going nuts. And I told my stepdad and I said, I mean, I'm not trying to speak for anybody else. I was like, well, I'm for the death penalty. So uh, we need to kick it to the other side. Right. <laughs> so we walk on over to the other side and it's the, the yeah, hi, gra- I'm Kelly. I'm here to see the execution. Oh no, you're going to, you're going to love this. It was just us. Oh really? It was me and my stepdad, and there was a van park. I have pictures of it. There was a van park there, and it said like "Justice Served," you know. Uh, so it was me, my stepdad, and the creepy van, you know, <laughs> just chilling on the street corner. And I don't know about you, but like, what do you do with your hands when you're at a yeah, like? Do yeah. I just cross them? Do I just stand there? Like, do I like? What do I do? That you know? How does one act at the execution? So um, <laughs> I don't know. It was so bizarre. Well, then this young. <laughs> <laughs> an episode of proper execution. Ex- proper execution. Right? Well, I can tell you this. Uh, when it was about to happen, I don't remember the exact time, but he had told me and there was a big, big the clock, clock. And so I saw, I, I mean, clockwork, literally. You saw the people come out and walk, um, walk across the street, and they entered through a front door, and then all these vehicles showed up Cadillacs, SUVs, all this kind of stuff. Everybody steps out with a 10-gallon cowboy hat on, you know, starched, like, justice, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they come walking in, the officials and all that kind of stuff. And then this young guy stepped out, 
And I just remember his tag said Boudreaux on it, um, which I was like, hey, what's out, right? Boudreaux yeah. boy. But um, he had caution tape, and so he had tied it, and then he came to us, tied it to, like, the van mirror or whatever. It was like, don't cross the line. I was like, no problem, bro. Um, he walked all the way to the other side, tied it in front of the screaming people and then back. So you were not allowed inside that area. So we're just kind of sitting there and I don't know if I expected fireworks or what, but it was just very quiet other than the screaming memes on the other side. Right. So I looked at my stepdad and I was like, hey, I want to go talk to people on the other side. He's like, don't go stirring something up. I'm like, I'm not going to stir anything up. I just... I don't have any executions I'll be in, you know, near. I want to go talk to some people. So I walked over there, and I don't know about you, but the people who are screaming and hollering, I'm not interested in. The quiet old man standing in the back holding the Catholic candle, I want to talk to you. I'm just curious. So it's, um, I'd say he was in his 60s. He had white hair. He had a beard, button-up, uh, like pearl snap-looking type shirt, khaki, khaki pants. He's holding a Catholic candle, and he had like a... um. What are those, like, um, Indiana Jones-looking hat on? And he had the candle, and he had a white piece of paper in his hand. Legs were crossed, and he was just kind of leaning up on, like, a utility thing. So I was like, hey, how are you? And he was like, I'm fine. How are you? I said, you know, my name's Kelly Jennings. And he was like, I said, well, so um, I'm just curious while we're waiting, you know, why are you on this side? And he's like, are you are you in the media? I was like, no, I'm just nosy. Um, and I'm just curious why you're on this side. And he's like, all right, cool. Well, um, he said, you know— I've been a professor a long time. I'm a professor of criminal justice. Oh, and you were like, oh, wow. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. fan club, fan club. Um, and he said, I'm at Sam Houston University. And he said, so if he's listening to this, I listened when you spoke. Um, and he said, I've been doing this a long time. He said, and I just, um, everything aside, everything aside from what this guy did, um, he said, I just don't want to take someone's life. I just don't want that on my hands. And I feel as a participant of this culture and community that if I agree with it, then I'm complicit in what's happening. And I said, okay, but I mean, you didn't do anything. And he was like, I was like, he did it. The guy they're killing did it. And he said, well, what's his name? The guy they're killing. Oh, bro. Gut check. I was like, I don't know. I I was just here for the fireworks. I didn't know you were going to give me a piece of humble (laughs) pie. I was just invited here last minute. I I was just invited. (laughs) Somebody said execution and I come running. I know the left arm guy. I got the back. Um, but it really was like a piece of humble pie. That's crazy. Because I was like hard, I was like hardcore, you know. Yeah. And then he goes, "Well, what did he do?" And I was like, "I don't know." And he's like, "So you are on that side?" He said, "Just a yeah, what a great teacher." Even, right, he said, right, "You're right. on that side, and you, you don't, don't even know why you're hardcore for, and you don't even know why he's here." And I said, "Well, you don't know why he's here." He said, "Yes, ma'am, I do." Yeah. And I was like, "Hmm." That piece of paper, he unrolled it. He said, "I'm gonna give you this. I'd like you to read it." Uh, and I'm not saying he didn't do it. Right. I just think you ought to know who you're putting to death right, right. before you do it. Right. Touche, my friend. Touche. We, we talked some more. It was yeah. really a nice talk. He said, look, I really appreciate you coming over here not yelling at me. I'm like, I'm not yelling at anybody. Right. Part of society is we got to learn to disagree. Right. So anyway, I walked back over to my stepdad what happened, and I'm reading it. And one block in the other direction, one block was a gas station. And the guy they were putting to death had gone in and beaten the clerk to death with like a whiskey bottle and robbed him and killed him. Wow. And um, he was getting death for it, whatever, you know. And that didn't change my mind. Mm. I feel like once you're put on death row, you've earned it. Right. Um, but then it was time for the execution. And so we just kind of stood there. And um, 
the time passed. They, you know, and I know, I know it takes a couple of minutes or whatever, and the time passed. Well, then everybody on the other side packed up their speakers and their microphone. They dispersed. Boudreaux officer came out, and he rolled up the tape. And when he got back up, because he did it in reverse. Now he's mm-hmm. started over there, and he came out, and I said, wait, wait a minute, that's it? And he's like, yeah. I said, he's, he's dead? Yeah. I mean, like, minutes, minutes had gone by, and he was like, y'all have a good evening, and he just rolled it up and walked back inside. And so it was now kind of dusk, I guess it was dark. My stepdad and I are just standing there. Everyone's gone. And it was just like, like, man, like, that's it. I mean, someone just died. And the coroner's van pulled up on the side we were on. They opened gates, and that van drove through. That was wow. a wrap. That's crazy. Yeah. The, and awesome story, Kelly. That's a hell of a story. And you, you never would have got to be there to talk to that guy and witness that execution had you not been recognized by the major as being part of Bloody Angola. Yep. And he's, he's the one who invited you over. Yeah, no so, coincidences. There you go. And awesome fire. And, and so I love this, the whole Chase Team episode of first ever in – I mean, I can't wait to hear the song this one play back. Uh, yeah. I know we were cutting up oh, and having awesome. a good time with it, but it was fire. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for, uh, yeah, coming on and sharing all that stuff with us. Uh, we appreciate it. And I know uh, what he had said, we're going to try to have you on at least once a season yeah, just to come I, I think it, and, you know, share some of your great knowledge. I'd be honored. It's excellent. And you've, what, we did three episodes today, including this one. And, yeah. Uh, thank you again. Mm-hmm. I know a chase team is going to love it. And then chase team members, y'all give it a shout out when, when you post it or whatever. Yeah. Let, definitely. Let us know what you think about it. I, I know it. I knew it was fire. Yep. Yep. So thank y'all very much. Thank you. Uh, thank you we Kelly. love you chase team members. Love you. And, uh, I'm Jim Chapman. I'm Woody Overton. And I forgot what we say. <laughs> we're, we're those so bloody Angola. A, po- a podcast, <laughs> 142 years in the making. The story of America's bloodiest prison. Peace. <laughs> that was good. I walk a straight line. Shackled and changed Oh, gruesome Gertie Is calling my name There is no mercy In this penitentiary Just ask the Hill String Gang Wrangle the three
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 